I want to commend you for taking us to the next level. Thanks. It was really good. Good for you. I do what I can, you know? <laughs> 102 of these things, you learn You learn some things. Open up the soda ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to slurp the shit out of this just to... <laughs> it, I will probably accidentally belch into the microphone. Uh, I will pride. There's been less than uh, half a dozen instances of burping. Everyone has been an accident. Yeah. You know, and that's my pet peeve. And I feel like we've done a good job. And I guarantee you, if it's happened six times, there's been 12 apologies for said burps. Oh, yeah. I, I think burps are funny. Burps aren't funny in audio. Burps with audio plus video, funny. Burps in just audio, not funny. I don't think I'm a, uh, I'm not a bodily function humor guy. If that's all it is, then, yeah. I feel like, uh, like if it if it is paired with embarrassing someone, then it could be hilarious. Like, if like a bride is up there and then shits her pants on while she's doing her vows hilarious <laughs> poop jokes and for general not funny because it's to. not the poop that's funny it's the embarrassment of it see i uh i was having this conversation at work today so one of the new guys uh one of the new guys he's the new guy uh you, you're not the new guy uh, anymore i'm not the new guy anymore good job they got another <laughs> contractor in there uh his favorite show is it's always sunny in philadelphia okay which I agree with him is hilarious, mm-hmm. but I can only watch like two or three episodes at a time before it starts like hurting my soul. Like I have too much empathy to just because watch assholes be assholes to each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, so like the cringe stuff, the embarrassment stuff. I think I have too much empathy to watch that kind of stuff. I think a bride shitting her dress. I don't know. It's funny in bridesmaids. But she wasn't taking. It wasn't. She wasn't doing her vows yeah. then. Uh, she was just shitting on a street in a wedding dress. Yeah, I think that would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how's it going? It's going all right. Uh, something happened today. Okay. So nothing major. It's not like oh, something happened today. Turns out I have AIDS. <laughs> no, it was like. So you don't know you don't have AIDS, do you? That's true. You didn't get any tests saying that that was negative. Yeah, it's still didn't out there. Get, but didn't get any tests think to say the, it was positive. Think on the positive side. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, positive side. <laughs> so our CTO, our chief technology officer at uh, the place that I work, his daughter works at NASA. She is a data scientist, uh, and. She, as like a, just a fun little project, uh, fed a computer the transcript of every Star Trek Next Generation episode and had it write some scenes, right? So she gave a presentation on all the like technology and everything behind that. It was super geeky. It was super nerdy. And like, I learned a lot of things and I learned a lot of things that I really want, um, to go out and practice. But I can't wrap my head around the very first thing I learned in in said presentation, which was that my boss's daughter, my boss, whose name is Kevin, named his daughter Kevin. <laughs> Are you serious? 
We just had a conversation about Roland Burroughs and George Foreman. And your boss's daughter is named Kevin. Yes. Wow. My boss, my boss Kevin, named his daughter Kevin. So Kevin thinks, Ann. So he thinks highly of himself, obviously. <laughs> like her, I guess like her, all her online stuff uh, is, uses the handle like uh, Kevin is a girl. Like she works for NASA. And the whole, like when I learned that, like, uh, Thursday or Friday when he was talking about this presentation I was like oh cool and now I'm just like she did all that in spite of the fact that her name was Kevin yeah. like not only was she a woman like in modern society in a STEM field but also she was sided with the name Kevin yeah little did everybody know there's an unrecorded uh, Johnny Cash song called Girl Named Kevin yeah that, that he just never got around to recording <laughs> that's oh. horrific what is the how conceited is this guy I, and and how big of a pushover presumably he's married how like she obviously got steamrolled by him uh, i don't know i guess that's not even a name that like could possibly go one way or another didn't like, even go like kevina like, yeah exactly. like georgina <laughs> yes exactly like kevina or rolanda or yeah yeah didn't even throw it a middle name at least michael jackson had the the foresight to put that as the middle name for his daughter yeah i don't know uh what a monster <laughs> obviously you said it not me that it, was not it, me. no this is it all if you're all, listening kevin it, you, you all, shouldn't be listening to this all views expressed are it's really dumb and i feel like you're smarter than this a strictly russ uh yeah that's crazy yeah but I think that might tell you, like, so if he's a CFO, he's analytical. CTO. CTO, I'm sorry. Uh, he's analytical, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's a plus minus black white thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like he's in human resources that it's really trying to figure people out, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Does he know that's not how it works? Maybe he just <laughs> thinks that's what you're supposed to do. I don't know. He's like, my he's, dad's name was He's Kevin. also one of those people that's, like, incredibly smart, like, Super smart. You could have conversations with him and like blow your mind how smart this guy is. But watching him sit in front of a computer and try to work it was the like funniest thing. Because like if it's just a command line, he can fly through it. I'm sure. But just ha- see having him operate Windows <laughs> <laughs> and like flip back and forth between her presentation and then like we're gonna watch this YouTube video, which is part of her, but not embedded like. So good. Uh, years ago, I was at the public library and I watched, uh, and he wasn't even old, but I watched a man go over to get a librarian to come over to help him at the computer and she did a time or two. Mm-hmm. And then things start, I don't want to say heated because that's the wrong word. Like he wasn't being mean to her, but he was mm-hmm. just very insistent. So I was trying to eavesdrop and I don't, he was like looking at a car or something mm-hmm. that he wanted to buy online and he was like asking her information about the car, right? And he was, she was like, I don't know. And he was very insistent. The car is in her library yes, now. The car is. So she needs to know about in it. In your library. You are the librarian. Mm-hmm. This is your computer telling me the information about this car. This car is your responsibility to know about. And I don't understand how you don't know more information about this car. And. It went back and forth, and she had she was a saint, but she was very much like looking around. Like I made eye contact with her at some point, and I think she was like, "Random patron of the library, please help me." 
get this man away. I don't. I, it, it's I was red. Like, it looks red. It's and there's I was a picture just there. Like, I, I hope she sits her pants because that would just be <laughs> the only thing that could make this better. Uh, but it was it was pretty painful, and I really did feel bad for her because this <laughs> this guy was not getting it. Like I think finally he was like, "Okay, fine, I got it." Like she walked away. He's like, "Oh, can't believe she didn't even know about the car on her in her library." Yeah. It could have been worse. He could have just been trying to look at porn. Uh, I think that's like a problem, right? Like people just oh, looking yeah. at pornography in the library. Yeah. Old people, homeless people. Yeah. Because I, I that's like their home computer. I don't like like being at work and like scrolling through Facebook or something and then like something slightly like bathing suity pops up. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, who's looking over my shoulder that's going to see me? I think that I'm looking at some smuts. Uh, yeah. Work, work at a software place. You will find the things that you Google are crazy. Yeah. Well, I also have to be very concerned about like female people that work for me. <laughs> like that's not what you want. Like I have to maintain the degree of professionality. You know Decorum. what I mean? I can't just be like scrolling through my Tumblr profile. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have a profile. I mean, you have a Tumblr page, you have a Tumblr blog, but now the Tumblr don't. blog won't I have don't. porn. I don't. Yeah, you told me about that. <laughs> it's devastating. I got to save all those Clive Barker archives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clive Barker's, it's all going to be gone now. Yeah, because there's penises. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite part about this is uh, when they announced that they uh, were going to go no porn, their stock immediately crashed. And so... did you say Yahoo owned this? Like, yeah, yeah, I... I know Yahoo bought it. I don't know if Yahoo still owns it or what. But like their stock crashed and then memes posted to Tumblr about Tumblr uh Tumblr stock crashing mm-hmm. were getting flagged as inappropriate by Tumblr. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds very Trumpian. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty great. That is good. Uh and maybe horrible if that's where you love getting your porn. Yeah. I mean, it was a fun place to get porn. You never knew what you were going to get. Is it just a roulette of porn? Well, I mean, there were I mean, there were always some very specific blogs, if that's what you're into. So I think there's a certain subset of the population where it's like, I'm going to have to find a new place to find that one thing that I like so much that it's the only thing that gets me off anymore. Yeah. We've talked about that. I wish I had a thing. Yeah. And my go-to is always referencing that I can't... Uh, finish unless i'm choking on a button that's like the most specific <laughs> that's like the most specific thing that i can find mm-hmm. and i feel like like i feel like because your mother was a seamstress yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so freudian <laughs> uh i feel like if you're gonna choke a button would be a safe thing to try to choke on because it's got those little holes in it right <laughs> so so it's just like i feel like i'm choking but i'm not gonna die okay i thought of a joke and then I wanted to output joke, but then I realized that I'm physically incapable of doing so. So my joke was, hey, Russ, how's it going? And then I was just going to whistle mm-hmm. because you you've, wanted, you've yeah. been choked on the button mm-hmm. and you know, you're just blowing through the holes. But I can't whistle. Uh, it's like in Frosty the, it's like in Frosty the Snowman. Like that just sounds like wind. Remember when he swallows the whistle? Mm-hmm. It's like that. That's yeah. what it would be. Mm-hmm. Except a button. 
Uh, uh, How has your week been? Uh, uneventful. Uh, it was going pretty good until I felt like I had a really good segue from Frosty the Snowman Christmas, Black Christmas, mm-hmm. and then you kind of ruined it. Cool. We Black watched Christmas. a movie. <laughs> uh, synopsis for Black Christmas? Uh, it's a sorority house, and they keep dying, and it's Christmas time. All of those things are true. Mm-hmm. Overall thoughts? Uh... I don't care. Yeah. Is, uh, is the, that's that's my biggest feeling about this yeah, movie? Yeah, so Black Christmas, first of all, do you know who the director of Black Christmas is? Uh, shit. Uh, nope. He Guess d- two. He, uh, it's the director of A Christmas Story. Yes, Bob Clark, yeah. the director of A Christmas Story. Yeah. How, uh, so, I'm not a huge Black Christmas fan either, mm-hmm. but uh, it is considered a, a very big classic of the genre this predates halloween mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of things very similar to halloween sure so i can appreciate it uh but you don't appreciate halloween but i don't <laughs> i i appreciate halloween from uh, a factual and uh uh analytical standpoint uh but i don't feel anything for it uh like your wife Yes. <laughs> I appreciate she feeds my children. She bathes my children. She does my laundry. I could take her a lever. <laughs> uh, but how cool is it that Bob Clark has two total Christmas staples in two totally different genres? Sure. Completely unrelated to one another. And they are definitely Christmas movies that huge portions of the population hold very dear. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think huge portions is kind of over exaggerating black christmas because a christmas story is huge i black said christmas hold on, let's go back to the tape what did i say you you use you said huge audiences no i said huge portions uh-huh take these two so when you if you have a christmas story which i'm going to make up a number 10 million people love and you take black christmas which 1 million people love you still have a huge group of audiences they love the. I think it's more than ten x. I. <laughs> I think I even said don't count one of the. Let's talk about the movie. I didn't so... count the numbers. I counted the magnitude. <laughs> and that's what I compared. That's There's, different. The sorority has a hairy Christmas tree, like it looks. It's like is it so much garland that it looks hairy. Uh, it's like tin- very tinselly. Yes, yeah. that's what, yeah. Uh, Not Garland. Yeah, you're. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, have you seen the pictures of uh, Trumpets Christmas trees? <laughs> the like scary red ones. Yes. Yeah. That's what these look like. They're like hairy. Like it's weird. I don't remember the them being tinselly in the trumpet. One, I don't. But. They're not tinselly. They look like felt to me. Like they look like there's some weird funky texture. They look like a muppet. Like if you put, <laughs> if you put eyes at the top of it, it would look like it was alive. Do you want to learn something fun? Do you want to learn something? I do. You want to know something fun I learned recently? What did you fun learn? You want something I learned? I fund. Uh did you know that NASA almost killed Big Bird? No. So, uh, we land on the moon, right? 
everything's awesome. According to the official story. America, rah, rah. We go back to the moon a few times and kind of nobody cares. Uh, Then we build the space shuttle. And, like, now we can go to space and come back and land and everything's awesome. Um, But very much immediately, nobody cares again. So they're like, we're going to get people to care about space again. We need more little astronauts and engineers. Um, so let's send, let's, you know, we have the space shuttle. Let's send someone to space. And the very first person they thought of was Big Bird. So they uh, extended an invitation um, to the puppeteer, Muppeteer. I don't remember his name. Um and so, like, in the talks, like, he realizes, oh, they want me to do this, like, as Big Bird. They want, they want, they don't want me, they want Big Bird. Yeah. Why uh, don't they just take a real astronaut and put the Big Bird costume? Just send, <laughs> I'm kind of serious, just, just send the costume. Sure. Because it's not like they're going to wear But then they wear. need, like, performance, like, when they're in space and stuff. So, Okay. So then, like, they're in talks, and then, like, suddenly both sides realize, Big Bird is eight feet tall. <laughs> He's never going to fit into this thing. <laughs> so they scrap it, and then they decide, uh, let's send a teacher into space. And unfortunately, that was the challenger. I felt like I knew where this punchline yeah. was going to end up, yeah. So that's crazy. Like yeah. It's like when you learn that Seth MacFarlane was on was meant to be on the plane that crashed into the Twin Towers. I didn't hear about that. I knew Mark Wahlberg was going to be on one of them. Hmm. I did not hear about Mark Wahlberg. Yes. But yeah, Seth MacFarlane was supposed to be on one. Uh, Big Bird was supposed to be on Challenger. It's like craziness. Hmm. The world is weird. Do you know what else is crazy? Black Christmas? The odds that a the father who is looking for his daughter that is missing in a sorority is mm-hmm. walking through the streets of the college and randomly stops a guy and says, excuse me, do you know my daughter? And he knows her. Not only does he know her. Uh, oh, no, it wasn't the boyfriend he stops. No, but yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> At like a what's supposed to be a assumingly a huge university. I don't even it's, do they say what it is? I don't remember. I don't know. Uh I do know that it, it's like Jim Gaffigan has this joke. Uh and he's like, I'll meet somebody and I'll tell him I'm from Indiana and they're like, Oh yeah, I I've drove through Indiana once and he's always like, What am I Yes, I remember you. You were a very good driver. <laughs> like I feel that way. Like I'll but I, I'm guilty of it too. I'll say like, Oh, I went to to this college. Everybody's like, Oh, I went there. It's like, uh, if we knew each other, we'd already know each other. I don't know what, a, but I do it too. It's just that connections you find. It's like, people. oh, you're black. Do you know Carl? Nothing. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Even if I was going to laugh, I wanted to just, <laughs> you to just languish there. Pretend racism. Uh, so there's a sorority mm-hmm. and the girl's boyfriend shows up and he is wearing this big ass fur coat that looks like a gaudy rich woman would be wearing it like Cruella DeVille like Cruella DeVille and I read the trivia and that was his own personal fur coat <laughs> like he showed up on set and Bob Clark he's was like, like yes this is fucking going in the movie no matter what I love I, this coat I also was looking at him I was like that guy looks like Malcolm McDowell and then I also read in the things that said Malcolm McDowell turned on the role so they just went and got a Malcolm McDowell lookalike that dude was also f- like 40 years old and he was playing 
Did he turn 18. it down to do a Clockwork Orange? Because that would be crazy. Uh, I guess the timing's about right, right? Yeah, yeah that would be crazy. Ish. I don't remember exactly when a Clockwork Orange I don't either, is. but it's in that ballpark for sure. Yeah. Um. So one thing we forgot is, or not forgot, because this whole movie is kind of forgettable to me, but there's a PV, POV shot mm-hmm. of somebody climbing up mm-hmm. and then climbing in. Yes. I was 100% convinced that that was going to be completely innocuous, that it was going to be like the gag that, oh, no, it's the killer. He's walking in and then, oh, it's somebody's boyfriend or something. Nope. It's the nope, killer. It's the killer. <laughs> it's the killer. Like there, the, the movie is very linear in that way. It's like there's a killer. He goes into the sorority house. Mm-hmm. He's in there the whole fucking time. Like in, they tell yeah. you, mm-hmm. they tell you the whole time this dude's there. Like it lays it all out for you. Like there shouldn't be any surprise at this point. Yeah. Uh, he strangles a girl in to the film's credit, a pretty visceral way. Like he's got her head in a bag and you see her breathing in and she can't breathe. There's no way to fake that. Obviously yeah. it didn't do it for that long, but uh, it is a visceral kill. And I think yeah. that's the thing why people do hold this movie in high regard. It is pretty mean movie, but where four movies were really mean. Yeah. What's, what do you think is the most uncomfortable kill you've ever seen on in a film? Because um, I have my answer. Uh, I remember the guy getting lit on fire in Samurai Cop was pretty, uh, pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> sure. I would say, uh, but for different reasons. I think the crow probably has a pretty uncomfortable okay. one. Okay, um, I feel like you're not doing this in the spirit. <laughs> the Samurai Cop was in the spirit. That one's uncomfortable because, like, you know that you're uncomfortable for the actor. Oh, I thought that's what you meant. No, you said, like, oh, okay. Well, what I was thinking is, like, uh, have you seen No Country for Old Men? Yes. Uh, when he strangles the cop with his uh, handcuffs. Okay. And just, like, the blank look on his face is, like, the most mundane thing ever as this cop is gasping for air. I Like, that is, like... I feel like the most intense, uncomfortable death I've ever seen. There was a movie we recently watched and there was a fire scene. And I remember wanting to make the point, And then after we were done, I had forgotten about it, maybe house three or something, but mm-hmm. they, somebody is on fire and then they kind of end up in the corner of the room and they're like, legs are moving uncomfortably. Like they're, it looks to me like they're actually in pain, but they're in too much pain to jump around and flail around like you would in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it might be House 3 that I genuinely mm-hmm. thought was uncomfortable. I don't remember who's on fire other than... It, it might not be House guy. 3, but it might be House 4. It might be anything. But but yeah. I just recently we watched something that somebody was on fire, and it did have that very uncomfortable moment where it was like somebody's last throws or whatever. Yeah. Um. So she's dead, and she's in the attic the whole time. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So she's chilling in the attic. Yeah. So she's in the attic. Let's. We don't need. We don't need to fast forward totally, but it takes another like day for anyone to knock on our door, mm-hmm. and then it takes like two more days or something before anybody decides. Like they know she's missing, but no one has like gone in her room. Yeah, but I mean, it is a sorority too. So I think there's a lot of, I've passed this person. I I missed them. I didn't see them. Um, 
But like if someone's missing and her dad has shown up. Oh yeah, yeah. No, at that point for sure. I thought you meant like if they didn't notice her at first or whatever. That's completely understandable how yeah. you could miss somebody. Cuz they don't they don't go in there until like uh they think the killer's up there or something and then Peter surprises them. Yes. Um I watched this a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. My next note is giving six-year-old alcohol. Yes. Fill, fill in the context of that for me. Uh, uh, Margot Kidder. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's like this Christmas party thing. And yeah, she just hands the kids some alcohol. Uh, fun fact. Back when we had Matt Shaw on, mm-hmm. he was referencing periods. And he said like his go-to woman would be margot robbie mm-hmm. in my head i thought he was talking about margot kidder <laughs> and it like we moved on from the conversation but i was really trying like i was like that is i mean they've both played dt characters so like, i get it like if he was like i want to see margot kidder from black christmas or if he was like margot kidder when she was in her 80s like i didn't know I mean, if you're going to go Margot Kidder, you got to go Lois Lane. But <laughs> I've never seen any of the Superman movies. Well, she was Lois Lane. We need to start another podcast where <laughs> Russ watches the classic movies like Rocky and <laughs> Superman and Die Hard. Like, well, we are going to do at some point remake the MCU. That's what I've decided to call it in my nice. head. And that's what we're doing. Nice. I like so, that. It's a good name. Yeah. It's a good name. Uh, so, turns out it's not Margot Kidder. <laughs> yes. It's not Lois Lane. It's Harley Quinn. Yes. Uh, so, the... Good. My favorite character in this whole movie is the drunk uh, the drunk house mom or whatever. Yes. She is good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she's like... She used to She's be... a bad cat owner. She... <laughs> <laughs> She's she, a great character. She used to be, you can tell, this is one of those people that used to be, uh, she used to be one of these hot sorority girls, and then it was just like, alcohol has mm-hmm. just take, overtaken her life, and that's what she's become. Yeah, like she married some hotshot, uh, got divorced, and then just started drinking. Yes. Now this is and her life. never stopped. Uh, her boyfriend has like a piano recital where he is trying to get his doctor. I don't know. He's, he's trying to graduate. So he has to do a recital, something yeah. along those lines. He's got some big recital he has to do mm-hmm. and he doesn't do great. So he proceeds to break apart the piano. Yes. I've never, with a un- mic stand. I've never understood that mentality of like it's breaking performance things art. of Brendan. It's not performance art <laughs> of like breaking things because you get mad. Like all you're doing is compounding your problems. Like mm-hmm. it might get it out immediately, but all you're doing is compounding your problems. And now you have to replace a fucking piano. So, uh, about a year ago, probably not even that long, like, you know, those stupid fights that you have, I got into one with Marianne and I was really mad and frustrated and stupid and I punched my own wall, right? Mm-hmm. So now I have a part of the wall that like taunts me cause it says, Look at this. This is where you got so you're so angry and so stupid that you punched the wall as hard as you could. And it's not even like a hole. It's like a dent, you <laughs> weak fuck. 
it's 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 a double in every taunt. way. Yes, yes, exactly. It's not even this manly hole. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Mm-hmm. You know Beverly Hills Ninja. Of course. Have you seen the outtakes for Beverly Hills Ninja? Uh, just I I all I because I had that DVD or whatever. Actually, I think there might have been outtakes. Are there outtakes like over the credits or something? Because uh, I, I remember Chris Rock chasing after a chicken like a billion times. That's probably in the end of the credits. But there's a deleted or there's an outtake where there's a scene where he has to run, like he's hiding from somebody. So he jumps through like the paper wall mm-hmm. uh, and Farley missed his mark at one and jumped into a stud. And knocked himself unconscious because he ran and dove through, but dove into a stud in the wall. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he goes around killing people, right? This is where we get our famous line, the calls coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm. That was new to you, right? You knew that line. Yeah. Did you know where it was from? I thought it was from Scream. No, it's not from Scream. It's from Black Christmas. But doesn't he say it in Scream? No, I don't think so. I feel like he says, doesn't Shaggy say that towards the end? Like mockingly? Maybe, but it would have been referencing this, just like everything that always says that is referencing this. I know. Well, I know that now. You do. That's why I'm trying to talk about it. Right, but I'm just trying to say that I think, I re- I think it's, it was in Scream. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But I could be wrong. And It's just all I'm saying. <laughs> And uh, I really like the ending of this movie, that there's like genuine tension at the end where dude's trying to get in and chase her. And I know I just jumped all the way to the end, but yeah. I don't feel like there's a lot in between here. Yeah, I have one showman, which is the you referencing about him smashing the piano. Yes. Then I have this movie is boring. And then I have don't go upstairs, you idiot. And that's the last thing I have for that. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> So I felt like this was the time to do it, and it is kind of a classic, and it's a remake, so it was like all the reasons for us to do a movie all crashed into one. It's a remake me episode. It is a remake Except the fact that it's on time, it, the fact that it's timely, because we never are timely. We always watch like the Halloween movies in like the spring, <laughs> and like Jason movies when the podcast is not going to be on Friday the 13th. You say always. I bet you if you look back, we've been doing all right. Like, remember last uh, Thanksgiving, we watched Blood Rage, which is a Thanksgiving movie, sure. and you're next, which isn't a Thanksgiving movie, but feels like it should be. That counts. It's a family dinner movie. That counts. A friend dinner movie. No, it's family. Yeah. Um, this is where we usually have an institial. A what? An institial. Interstitial. <laughs> Got anything for us here? Uh, did I tell you my story about my... Boss is naming his daughter <laughs> let's, Kevin. Let's go over this again. <laughs> Kevin named his daughter Kevin. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Uh, I was debating whether or not I was going to tell that because I'm like, I tell everyone at work to listen to this, and I feel like none of them do. But on the off chance that somebody does and then relays that. But also, fuck it, it's hilarious. I want to share it with all of you. To be fair, I feel like I said... <laughs> worst things oh you certainly did uh yeah and i don't think kevin can fire me no i don't think kevin can what about kevin his daughter kevin. uh kevin is a girl uh so go- going back to what her her thesis or whatever she did with this program mm-hmm. did it spit out usable cohesive screenplays 
or teleplays, I suppose. Well, it, I mean, it, she was just she fed in transcripts, so it basically spat out transcripts. But then she ran it through Google Voice and gave each character a different voice. So by the end, she just had like an audio clip of it, like saying stuff, and so it made a little bit of sense. But like, there weren't like stage directions or anything. There oh. isn't an overall plot. It's just like, um, so it analyzed whenever a character talked what's the next character that's mo- that is like likely to talk so this is like the screenplay and then software. when it when it started talking like what's the most likely would it finish it's with so this stuff. is like the screenplay software that tells who interacts with who and things like that right i don't know what you're referencing so there's screenplay software that you can look at like a flow chart the flow chart's the wrong word but it's like right. bubbles that show you who interacts with who the most so you mm-hmm. have an idea but that's anal- yeah yeah that's the same idea right but this took in seven seasons worth of stuff and spit out a brand new episode basically i mean it wasn't even a full episode i think she only did like a few scenes mm. but it's more than I can do. Oh, but yeah. But I also feel like you got like that close to like really pulling something off. I would have tweaked it and then had it. Like if, this yeah. feels to me like in Willy Wonka mm-hmm. and the Chocolate Factory when he inputted all the information and then the computer was like, fuck you, I'm not telling you where it is. She needed to keep going until the computer like spit us out the new J.J. Abrams movie. Okay. She did The Next Generation. The J.J. Abrams is based on the original series. My bad. Black Xmas? You mean the new Quentin Tarantino, even though I don't think he's doing it anymore? What? He was Quentin doing Tarantino Trek. was going to direct the next Star Trek movie, hmm. but I don't think he is anymore. I thought he was doing one more movie, and then he said he was done. Because uh, he's doing a movie about the Manson murders, and they said that's his last movie. Fun. On both accounts. Yeah, hopefully this is, like, he kept saying he was going to do a real horror movie, Mm because you know he really digs that, but I don't think it's going to happen, because he, like, he's all at this point obsessed about his filmography, and just what it looks like on paper. That kind of sucks. Yeah. You ever heard about any of this? Mm -mm. He kept saying, like, before Magnificent Seven, Mm -hmm. uh, that he was only doing two more. Like, he's been counting down. I'm going to do this many, I'm going to do this many, and this many, because he doesn't want Wait, his... you mean the Hateful Eight? Hateful Eight, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the adjective number. So, uh, but uh, he kept counting down and saying, like, he, he's, he just, every interview he does, he just gets concerned and talks about his filmography, and that when you look at iconic directors, the last X number of years of their life, they just started producing shit, so he basically doesn't want to do that he wants it to be home runs everything that he's ever done. It's a little conceited. Oh, it's totally conceited, but what else would you expect from him? I don't know. I don't think Jackie Brown's a home run. I don't I don't either. Definitely my least favorite. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Go back Quentin. and erase that. When you listen to this <laughs> well, with your friend Eli. He's on next week, so not to make that weird. Black Xmas? It's just called Black Christmas. It's it is. Only, it's only Black Xmas in like the marketing. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's not. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't notice it. Uh, synopsis. Uh, it's ba- basically the same movie, except it's a sequel? I don't know. It's 
stupid. It's not a sequel. It is. How's it a sequel? Because the events of the first one happened, they just seem to happen at a later date. Billy is the killer in the first one. Mm-hmm. Billy is the killer in the second one, mm-hmm. along with his incest daughter. Mm-hmm. Except the first one takes place in 1974, and in this one he was born in 1970. Other than that, it's the same. Okay. Overall thoughts? Uh, it's shit. It's not good. I, I have fun with this movie. This movie is fun. This movie feels like Christmas, and then it's infused with some murder. This movie, this movie is well cast, but it sucks. I have fun with this movie. Okay, you That's know, the like second I said, time today you've hated fun. It's it's not fun. It is fun. It's it is it is well cast. It is well acted, but it's not fun. Like Here, here's he's our, obsessed with eyeballs for some weird reason. Here's the beginning of this movie. This okay. is why this movie is fun. Okay, go ahead. No. Throughout this whole movie, he's obsessed with eyeballs, and like for no reason, he they just like he's He's obsessed with eyeballs. He's a peeper. Like he did that in the shower once. Like they don't establish like a big thing about peeping. He just happens to have a couple holes in the bathroom floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, but like they do all this eye, like all this eye stuff. And then, like, the one random death in this movie that's not someone getting murdered, it goes right through her eyeball. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, movie. Beginning of this movie. Okay. Guy's walking through uh, a mental institution, and he's giving everybody their dinners, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And then he gets to the guy that thinks he's Jesus, and he tells him, Happy birthday. That is awesome. <laughs> Like, that that is hilarious. That's so much fun. And it tells you immediately, like, this movie is just having fun. Mm -hmm. That's all it is doing. And every frame of this movie is Christmas. It's either red or green or there's ornaments or there is a killer using a cookie cutter to make skin gingerbread men. What else do you want? This is it's so much fun. Okay. So much fun. Skin gingerbread men. Yeah. I don't find that fun. How is that not fun? Uh, okay, so he escapes from the from the asylum, right? Uh-huh. With a sharpened candy cane that he uses to stab security guards and everyone. Mm-hmm. Travel Have back. you ever done that? Have you ever made a candy cane spear? I have not. However, my sister, probably 1991... Was in the back seat. Me, her, my brother, all three of us are lined up in the back seat of my parents' blazer. Mm-hmm. And my sister is is bragging about how sharp her her candy cane is. And my dad's like, "Oh, how sharp is it? Let me see." And he reaches towards the back while he's driving down the road, and she stabs him <laughs> in his finger, which immediately just starts bleeding all over. <laughs> so he's driving down the road, trying not to crash and wreck, while he's like, "Damn it, I'm bleeding." He's trying to suck his finger and trying to get a chunk of peppermint from inside of his <laughs> finger as he's bleeding. <laughs> so I have not. However, that is a staple of the Hall household is, is <laughs> telling that story every season on Christmas. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah. 
but yes, they can totally do that. They can totally. Yes. Like, that is the most realistic thing that happens in this movie. <laughs> if you got one of those real thick candy canes, you could kill someone with it. Mm-hmm. Not a joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's possible. I, I guarantee you candy canes are not allowed in prisons for that reason. Being totally serious. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Uh, I will say that this DVD is full of nostalgia. Like, it starts with one of those truth ads yeah. for cigarette smoking. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of dumb kids go out in a busy intersection, but they've blocked it off. Mm-hmm. And just, like, lie down. <laughs> and they're like, this is how many people tobacco kills every day. Welcome Maybe to you won't take a day off. <laughs> it's 2006, motherfuckers. Uh, we see at the asylum this attractive 25 year old girl hitting on this pudgy middle-aged man dressed as santa claus Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen in real life she i mean i think she she didn't hit on him i think she flirted she flirted sure and then he tries to flirt back completely unsuccessfully and yeah she just walks off because she doesn't care she got her flirt in, mm-hmm. and now she's done. Uh, Santa is killed by Billy, mm-hmm. who steals his outfit, and then walks out of the asylum dressed as Santa Claus, carrying the sack, using the guy's arm slung over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. That is so much fun. <laughs> I don't understand how this is not fun. Like, it is... <laughs> Murder and dismemberment is so much fun. <laughs> How are the things that I've not said to you making you rethink about the funness of this movie? The the Jesus thing, the Jesus happy birthday, I chuckled at. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You didn't feel anything for this for the arm you being used as the no, sling. That's hilarious. I noticed it. <sighs> I'm like, here's how I had fun with this movie, right? Uh, Marianne was there. And she tried to guess what year the movie was made based on the character's eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And she was remarkably close. <laughs> uh, She's like, I know, okay, I know it's not the 90s because that's not how their eyebrows were. And then she like describes the character's, uh, the, the character's eyebrows. And then she guessed 2003. It's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, they're sitting around and they're like roasting marshmallows. And the the house mom, the family mom or whatever, who was one of the original girls. Phyllis. uh, She immediately takes it from the fire and puts it in her mouth and like wraps her around it. That would burn the shit out of her mouth. That was not real. a hot fucking poker. That was not real. Yeah. My favorite uh, thing that I read on IMDb about this movie is that uh, when she was asked for the role, which by the way, she was like the third or fourth person asked. They wanted to get somebody back from the movie. They asked like Margot Kidder and everyone else. And then they finally got to Phyllis. Yeah. Uh, she said she didn't, she like didn't even remember that movie at all <laughs> and like hadn't thought about it in 34 years. Uh, 32 years. There's remember. an ornament that's broken here really quick. And another Hall household family memory mm-hmm. is the year that my sister was probably like two, three, four. And my mom heard an ornament like being stepped on and she turned the corner into our living room and my sister was eating a glass ornament <laughs> like an <laughs> apple. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
like she totally was just appling this glass. How ornament. old was she at this time? I had to. I'm guess two, three, four. I don't okay. know. Okay. Because anything past like it's just anything past four years old yeah. is like that's when she was diagnosed yeah. with pica. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Check her iron levels. Yeah. Uh, remember the guy like that would like drink molten lead or molten metal. No. Yeah, it was like a Ripley's Believe It or Not thing. That's like what it made me think of that woman with the steel poker. She just wrapped her mouth around. That sounds awful. Yeah. Cool. It was Ripley's. Dean Cain taught me that. <laughs> he was Superman. Callback. Is that Dean Cain? Uh, here's a dumb thing about this movie. It was released on Christmas Day. That is pretty dumb. That is so dumb, especially for a horror movie, which is yeah. a, a date movie traditionally, right? Mm-hmm. One day after its initial release date, like, the season for it is over. This yeah. needed to be released on Thanksgiving Day. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Or like Black Friday. Yes. Because it's Black Xmas on Black Friday. It, it, exactly, because that's what people do. They've got a month lead to... That fucking sells itself. Uh Black Xmas on Black Friday. Worst idea ever. This was the director uh, of Willard. Yeah. And there was like... My second favorite IMDb trivia. Uh, but there's a, a special feature I watched about it. And he, the whole time he's making this movie, he's like distraught because he's like, I fucking, I'm proud of Willard. I like Willard. It's like got tension. It doesn't have jump scares. It's not bullshit. But nobody wanted that. So now I have to make this jump scary movie with cleavage and gross out stuff. Because if I don't and it's not a hit, I'm not going to be able to direct again. Guess what? Guy hasn't directed anything else since. That's uh, a feature. He's directed like episodes of X-Files and stuff because that's what he was known for. Um, But it was kind of sad watching this from 13 years ago that I'm seeing... It happened, like knowing where this guy ends up, that the movie is not received well. Yeah. The IMDb trivia says, after the box office failure of Willard, Glenn Morgan stated that if this if this film were to bomb, it would be the end of his directing career. This film would be go- would go on to be a critical and financial failure, grossing only $21 million against a $9 million budget and receiving an abysmal 14% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Unfortunately, proving his fears correct because as of 2016, he's yet to direct another film. Yeah, but it's it sucks watching that, like him say that, him not knowing the future for this movie. Yeah, but I feel like he got fucked. They released it on Christmas Day. That's not his decision. Yeah, this is a super poor decision from the studio. Mm-hmm. Really dumb. Black Friday, this Black Friday, Black Christmas. Yeah, writes itself. Seems easy. So I want to. I here's my. Fuck this movie. Mm-hmm. They have the same kid play five-year-old Billy as 12-year-old Billy. And guess what? As five-year-old Billy, I feel like there's they could have shot around it mm-hmm. a little bit. Okay. But they full-on show him kneeling so you can see mostly the full height. Uh, and then later he runs off and they show his full body as he runs off. Uh yeah, that was definitely a 12-year-old. Here's where you're wrong. That wasn't the same kid. It was. They were twins. No, they weren't. That was a joke, because even if they were, they would still be the same age. That's fine. You're wrong. <laughs> I looked it up. You're wrong. I'm hilarious. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you. Hilarious. Uh, so it's not just Billy this time, though, because Billy has no. escaped. Yeah. Billy has an incest baby. Mm-hmm. And her name is Agnes. Because this movie's so fun, a mom fucks her son. <laughs> that is fun. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you have like a week to go at, look at Tumblr for exactly that. <laughs> uh, no, I think that they... That having the two of them, and then they've got like she references daddy, right? And she's played by like this six foot five buff dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which he has two. He like he's like a I don't know. He was like a lighting guy or something. Yeah, like a behind the scenes guy. He had two other roles, and one of them was like skinny boy or something like that. Yeah, in an so, X Files episode. Yeah. So yeah, he's just like he plays nothing but emasculated male figures. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was like in the, the behind the scenes a bunch or whatever. And it was cool because he was like had no interest in doing this necessarily. Mm-hmm. But he had worked with the director and the director was just like. There is a slightly androgynous guy who would make for a very off pitting putting woman because uh, he is kind of he's kind of effeminate, but incredibly masculine, if that makes any sense. Um, Speaking of off putting women, uh, you've seen Home Alone, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the classics you've seen. Uh, we watched that recently, and we learned that, uh, you know, when they he pulls out, he's going through Buzz's trunk, and he's like, Buzz's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yuck. It's <laughs> a guy. It's not only a guy. It's a guy because they they didn't want to have him look at a picture. Like, they didn't want to f- cast an ugly girl yeah. and then make fun of her for being ugly. Yeah. So instead, they dressed a boy up like a girl. And made fun of her being ugly. I think that's genius. <laughs> like, <laughs> like really, because otherwise you're just casting somebody to be unattractive. That seems mean. Yeah. It's, it's it's a mean joke. Mm-hmm. So it's equally mean. I don't mm. know. But if it's mean to a, a person that's not a real person. Have you seen A League of Their Own? The ugly girl got cast because she was ugly. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, that's a classic. Sorry. Fuck Rocky. I mean, Rocky's great. It's fucking amazing. But know, League of Their Own. I know there's no crying. Also in, good. I know there's no crying in baseball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tim, Tom, Tim Hanks. Tom Hanks pees for a really long time in that movie. And a green mile. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Because it's difficult for him to pee. Mm-hmm. When I was little, and uh, like Tom Hanks brings Michael Clark Duncan the pie, or the, the bread, or whatever, because mm-hmm. he's like... My wife wanted to thank you or whatever. And he said, so I'm assuming she enjoyed it. And he's like, many times. I didn't get that. I get that now. (laughs) I find those all the time when you watch like movies you saw as a kid that may not even be kids movies, but like just something that went completely, completely by you. Yeah. And then you watch it was like, I had no fucking clue that that's what that meant. Can I, I might've brought this up before. Can, so there's a memory of watching a movie with my parents and I'm sure these facts are wrong because this is filtered through time and me not understanding what I was seeing. Okay. Okay. But in my head, it's Steve Martin. Remember, Uh question everything that I'm telling you. Okay. In my head, it's Steve Martin in a family setting. And all the family's black. No. Okay. In a family setting. So what I would think to be his, him and his family uh, in 
let's like the home alone type house, like the house that really is, is much nicer than the average house, but is in every person's house in a movie. Mm-hmm. They're there. The lights go out and Steve Martin says, wait a minute. I found a candle and lights it on fire or like lights it up. And then somebody turns the lights on and they see what he actually has. And it's not a candle. So they all react to that and laugh, and that's the joke. I remember seeing this mm-hmm. with with when I was little, and in my mind it was a candle, and I didn't understand what was funny. So I asked my parents what that was as they're laughing, and they said, never mind, don't worry about it, Russ. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what that was. I don't know what the joke... Like, that's all that I have. I think that that might be Father of the Bride, and I think it's a vibrator. Okay. I assumed something phallic. Like, so I assumed vi- vibrator or dildo or something. Yeah. I th- I'm i pretty sure that that's Father of the Bride. I feel like I need to watch Father of the Bride now to, like, get rid my, of that memory. I should text my girlfriend. She loves those movies, both of them. So. Um the other thing, the other the only one, thing I truly remember from Father of the Bride is his rant about how hot dogs come in ten packs and hot dog buns come in eight packs. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I might need to watch that now. It's a pretty good movie, otherwise. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it turns out it's both Billy and Agnes. The yeah, and they fucking love eyeballs. Just they, <laughs> they fucking love them. They do love eyeballs. Yeah, and this movie is fun for that reason. Phyllis, she's not even Phyllis in this movie, but she <laughs> she like gets out. Okay, first off, she's the one that's from here. Is this like this is like Boston or something? Right? I don't know. It's some snowy, shitty place. And she's like, uh, give hands her hands the student the brush. The snow brush to clean off the car and she's like i don't know what that is and she's like oh, i guess i'll do it myself and then she goes to like brush off the snow and then there's ice and so she's just like brushing the ice it's not that's, <laughs> that's not, not how, how that do. works no and if you live there you would know that yes you would know how to do because the whole ice. point was that she was the one that knew yes yeah and then like fucking blood over the windshield and she's like ah and she backs up just as an icicle falls through her eyeball that was stupid uh there is a poster that is featured prominently in this movie uh and it says the ravenettes on it the ravenettes is a very cool band that i really like okay and i don't know what the poster was doing in this movie i'm assuming it was just a nod to them but it was featured very very heavily it was bizarre like i tried google i don't remember exactly but it was the Ravenettes, and then it had what presumably would have been. I think this was almost made to look like a movie poster, but the Ravenettes is a band. Uh, but I couldn't figure out what that poster was for. It was yeah. bizarre to me uh, because I know that band. Can I talk more about the movie? Yes, because I felt that like sound, I was. that sounds cool. Uh, but I have no reference to the Ravenettes. I you guess should. I could have been a better co-host and not just shit all over it. You should. Eh, it's what we do. You here. should know about the Ravenettes. Uh, so I have here, even the ice like eyes. Did you notice that every time they put a bag over someone's head, it sounded like bat screeching? Like, I get it was supposed to be the plastic, 
but it just sounded like fucking bats screeching. No, I didn't hear that. Well, that's all I heard every single time because it's like the first thing that happens in the movie basically is someone gets a bag put over their head and then they're stabbed with a fountain pen. Uh, also, this movie ends and then it just fucking keeps going. And it's, I hate that. That does seem to be one of your pet peeves. Like yeah. you want an ending and you want it to be done. Right. I don't want a movie to just stop. I want an ending. It can be an ambiguous ending. I enjoy those. The ones that make you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't just stop. And then don't end and then keep going. Those are those are two pet peeves of mine. So like, yeah, it ends. They did it. They saved the day and everything. They're in the hospital. That's fine. You need to sign up. You need a scene of denouement. You know? You And then like more guy just has some eggnog out and pours himself a glass it's what it's the it's the go-to stereotype for morgologists but he like is that the christmas sandwich is eggnog the christmas sandwich of course it is okay so he, he just has eggnog on a table and so he pours himself a glass and starts drinking it i've never had eggnog have you had eggnog? i have not had eggnog marianne has assured me i'm trying eggnog this year I'm not excited about that. I feel like things like this, like I've had a streak. I might love it, but I also love that I haven't done it. Yeah. It's like me and alcohol. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then like, he's like, what's that noise? I better unzip all. <laughs> it has to be one of these corpses. <laughs> That's how many times do you think that happens to like a morgologist in real life? I, couldn't tell you. <laughs> it probably happens to every morgologist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's just like, let me unzip this bag. Oh, God, there's a... That dude was completely on fire, and he's just kind of slightly burned. Oh, he was toasty. Yeah. Uh, and he's just slightly burned. Uh, and then, yeah, he kills them both. Setting up for the sequel. <laughs> That never happened. I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be the same house. It, 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 I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be a complete sequel, other than they completely fucked the timeline because they probably made the movie a decade too late. It's not as late. bad as Texas Chainsaw 3D. They didn't fuck <laughs> it as much as that. That is record setting. Yeah, and I remember having the conversation with Marianne. I'm like, oh, they're giving him a fucking backstory. This is what every remake does, and it's fucking terrible. They're like, oh, well, I don't know. It's the same movie, but let's give the, let's give them a, a motivation. They had a real shitty childhood. It's always a real shitty childhood. Nobody has a motivation in these remakes other than a real shitty childhood. Uh, what about Jason? Oh, yeah, that was a shitty childhood. What with the dying and all. Yeah, the dying was pretty shitty. It's the least favorite part of At least of he got to come back to life. He did. And then grow like three and a half feet mm-hmm. over the summer. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. Uh, we're missing anything else from Black Xmas? I mean, it's full of... Christmas act- fun. <laughs> I was going to say actresses that would go on to be in things. No, Christmas fun is what it's full of. Uh Lacey Chabert and Amanda Seyfried and um, the chick that plays Ramona Flowers. I don't know who any of these people are. They're all in it. Christmas fun. 
so original Russ, or remake? <laughs> that's literally what I was going to ask. Uh, original. Even though it's boring as fuck, I'll take it. Remake, because it is so much fun. Okay. Next week? If you, if I had a choice between these two movies and just like that Jesus joke, I would just watch a 90 minutes of that Jesus <laughs> joke over and over again. That is a good Jesus joke, right? Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Oh, you know what I'm not good at? What's that? Getting things ready when I say next huh. week. Yeah. It's like the thing that happens. Not only do you know it's ha- it's going <laughs> to happen. I'm in charge of it. But you're in charge of when it happens. <laughs> All right. First movie next week, Justin. Yes. First movie. Uh, and if I die before I wake, thank you. It doesn't even rhyme or anything. Like, what is the point of that tagline? Uh, that's really stupid. Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation. Uh, did we watch three? We did. Three was Bill Mosley. That's right, yeah. And he had his brain in a fishbowl. Yeah. <laughs> I, we never watched one. That's it. Because I only remember yeah. watching two. We never yeah. watched one, except we watched one. because it's <laughs> inside it's, of two. It's inside of two, yeah. Uh... Cool. After three, I have no I, no fucking clue what four okay. could possibly be. So let's walk through. The, let's work through this together. Okay. So you know what one is, even though you haven't seen it, because it's inside of two. Sure. So one, you have Billy as a young boy. Mm-hmm. Ricky, I'm sorry. You yeah. have Ricky and Billy. So Ricky in one is just the young boy, the brother of Billy, right? Mm-hmm. In two, we get Ricky, who is in an asylum. And then escapes, or no, no, I'm sorry, he kills people. Mm-hmm. Then he ends up in the asylum telling his story, then escapes. Yeah. Correct? And it has the best line of dialogue in film, yes. filmic history. Which is what? Garbage day! <laughs> uh, and he's played by Eric Freeman, correct? Uh, sure. A young, strapping, buff, good-looking 20-year-old dude, right? Mm-hmm. Then we go to part three. Yeah. Where he's played by Bill Mosley who is a rail-thin guy with his head exposed inside of a fishbowl. Wait, I thought it was the guy from one that was in three. No, it's all Ricky. Okay. Wait, what? It's all so Ricky. It's, one is the dude, two is the dude's brother, and then I thought three was the dude's dude. brother. It's the dude's brother again? Okay. This was a, This was a year ago. I don't care... I didn't care enough other than other than going, wait, that dude's wearing a sweater. We're in the suburbs. I think it's going to fucking happen. And then <laughs> it did. Uh, so that's that was two, though. So three is where we need to confirm that it is Ricky. I'm positive it's Ricky. I need to confirm this, though, just to, yeah. just to make myself. Bill Mosley plays Ricky. So, so far, three people in three movies playing him. Mm-hmm. Okay? Part four. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're making Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. Yes. Who who are you casting? Do you want to go back to Eric Freeman? Maybe go way back to the little boy well, that Ricky's played him? Ricky's dead, man. Oh, no, wait. He does escape, doesn't he? he they come back and he's gone. Because um, the dude kills him and then they, they go back in the house and then they come back out of the house and he's disappeared. I remember lots of dreams and being very <laughs> bored with number three. Okay. <laughs> But I know the answer to this question, so I'm trying to steer you there. So who do you cast? Do you go back to Bill Mosley? Do you go to Eric Freeman? Do you recast the role for a fourth time in four movies? 
Uh, I think you go back to the kid who okay. played him in one. Okay. That's not what they do here. Because <laughs> it's called initiation, so you go back to the initial. Sure, sure. Uh, that's not what happened. So if you're told you're directing this, this is the this is the film series that in part one, Mickey Rooney was like, this is going to be the end of civilization. Literally, Mickey Rooney was like, fuck this movie. Okay. Okay. Who do you cast to play Ricky? Mickey Rooney? Ricky's back. No, not Mickey Rooney. <laughs> Mickey cast, Rooney from Breakfast at Tiffany's? You cast Clint Howard to play Ricky. Are you serious? I swear to God. <laughs> what, is this is this also 1995? Did he do two terrible horror movies in, in uh, that year? I don't know what year this is. Uh, I can look if you're very interested. So what are we going to see, Justin? You know the... Oh, shit. This, the, you're in charge of this. You're being okay. told, I need a part four. Here's your lead. It's 1990. Well, here's the things that I know about Clint Howard. He looks weird. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Okay. Also, he's Ron Howard's brother. But mm-hmm. mostly he looks weird. Yeah. Because he looks weird, he will never play a normal person. Mm-hmm. He always plays someone who is just a little bit special so okay we have gone from ricky is crazy because he saw his brother gunned down by the cops in front of him mm-hmm. to ricky is crazy because his brain is exposed <laughs> there's like some weird like uh a psychokinesis action going on too, right? Like he, yeah, him forget about the, that. Him and the girl were like linked together, right? That's not, yeah. They were linked together, and then they ended up like at a farmhouse, right? Yeah, it was her grandma's house. Yeah, that was a shitty movie, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is one of the few movies that I remember more than you about. Okay, because remember the oranges. The oranges, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you way got, too many oranges in that. So bowl. you got all of that, right? So mm-hmm. you just did your research. You got free reign to do what you want. You got okay. Silent Night, Deadly Night Four. This is what what it's you initiation. have leading up. To. We called it initiation. It's called initiation. We Clint haven't. Howard, we don't have a script, but we called it Clint, initiation. Clint Howard. So like it. Clint Howard is your is your lead. Pitch me. Uh, it's called initiation. <laughs> Shit. They've already told the, 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 like, the prequel. Like, two is the prequel <laughs> sequel. How do you initiate that? Like, shit. Uh, I guess he has to recruit a gang. Okay. And jump them in Good. for initiation. How do you deal with his head being exposed? You don't. <laughs> so it just it? never happened. Okay. <laughs> I guarantee you that's what happened. <laughs> I, I there's no pictures all i've seen is a front cover that has a knife and a woman on it and that's it and a christmas tree and a christmas, and a christmas tree, tree. <laughs> it's a knife a woman and a christmas tree uh sounds like a monthly song uh i thought you'd get a little something about out of that i'm smiling i'm laughing yeah uh literally that joke had an audience of one yeah. and it was you and i failed uh, yeah. So, yeah, no idea. Okay, here's here's what I'm pitching for initiation, right? Um, oh God, what the fuck is the name of that movie the, with Patrick Swayze? And he's stay golden pony boy. The Outsiders. Okay, it's The Outsiders, but starring Ricky. I like this. Good as Clint Howard as Patrick Swayze. <laughs> 
I feel like no matter what they would do with part four of this series it would be insane like even if it was the most straightforward movie it would be insane because three happened (laughs) two happened at the very least you have you have to you have to make a decision three happened so did three happen you have to make that decision all right i'm excited about that uh second movie second movie uh all right when we first started this podcast, this is exactly the type of stuff that I thought we would do, even though, you know, said it was a remake, but I was like, holidays are coming up. I know of literally two holiday horror movies, one we haven't watched yet, and then one we are about to. What's the other one? Something about a turkey that comes to life. Thanksgiving? Yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's it. Uh, this is a movie. <laughs> He's making a list. Pray you're not on it. This is a movie that came out in the height of my friend and I watching wrestling. Uh, holy shit, Brett Ratner did this, or at least he put his name on it. <laughs> Bill Goldberg in Santa's sleigh. Uh, Okay, there's a picture of his sleigh on the back, and he's got, like, a fucking oxen pulling it. Uh, Santa's spreading holiday fear this year. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this looks terrible. That looks absolutely nothing like Bill Goldberg, except the fact that he's making a Bill Goldberg face. Uh, So It looks, like, smoothed over. Like, it looks, like... Like Not they quite. photoshopped all the the Bill Goldberg out of his face. Yeah, they smoothed them out. They used that uh, smoothing tool a little too much. Yeah, they put way too much Vaseline on the lens. Uh yeah, Santa Bill Goldberg Santa here is holding an icicle like he's gonna stab you. Uh this is a movie that this is. I think this came out in what like two thousand two ish. That sounds two thousand five. Uh yeah. I would never have watched this in 2005, even though I was a huge wrestling fan, even even though I didn't give a shit about WCW, because uh, I, I was still a pussy. I was still a pussy. I was a 21-year-old pussy. <laughs> mm. I feel like this this podcast has gotten me past my pussydom. I think it has. Yeah. Well, at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Since you made me fucking watch Cannibal Holocaust episode two. <laughs> I'll never like the one movie I don't want to watch is Hostel. Oh, let's watch the movie worse than Hostel. You never said you didn't want to watch. And then we'll watch Hostel. I gave you the choice for Hostel. I gave you a choice. You put a Hostel shaped gun to my head. You chose Hostel. You did. Uh, What are you going to prefer? Silent Night Deadly Night Four Initiation or Santa's Slay? Ah, that I feel like I feel like I know exactly what I'm getting with Santa's sleigh. Mm-hmm. And so most other movies I could compare it against. But fucking Silent Night Deadly Night 4 is a wild card. <laughs> it, Especially when you told me that it was Clint <laughs> Howard that's playing fucking the Ricky who just had his who just like learned how to uh, psycho telepathic link to a girl where she like dreamed 
in white rooms and blood and <laughs> then like like it was like Voldemort and Harry Potter and his brain was on the outside of his body and now he's Clint Howard. I feel like we played the Rewind Me Glory Hole, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 is, is also glory the glory hole. hole. Yeah. <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> I'm my own glory hole. That's what part five is called, a Silent Night, Deadly Night 5 glory hole. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of a glory song. But there's a Gloria. Gloria. Justin, what and else you got for us? Is uh, I've done a lot of these. You, you just mocked me for not knowing like that I'm going to do that thing. I mean, I was going to say the call's coming from inside the house. But I feel like that's too on the nose. Mm. Am I? Have I gotten too meta with these? I don't know. Let's find out. Justin, what else you got for us? <laughs> You're killing me right now. I, that was my bit. Oh, that was it. You did my. I did my bit, and then you tried me. To, tried to tell me to do my bit again. Oh, and now the bit done. Bit it. 